primary school homework is undergoing a transformation. The science projects and weekly worksheets beloved by teachers in the past are out. Learning the guitar, keeping your room tidy, or playing a sport is in. But does this benefit a child's development and academic progress? In this Radio New Zealand Insight, Penny Mackay has been finding out. I did. My dog ate my homework. I was really into reading and everything, and in all the books, people used that excuse, so kind of used it. But then the teacher would say, "But Phoebe, I didn't know you had a dog." And I go, "Oh, it's new. I got it yesterday." The great excuse for not having done homework. Everybody has one. I had slept at my grandma's, and my travel bag had my homework in it. And so I said, "I think I might have left it at my grandma's house." But that was true, was it? No. Thursday, that's when we bring our homework, and sometimes I say, "Is it Thursday? I thought it was Wednesday." One time it nearly worked. It's been called the modern cod liver oil. Schools, parents, and even some pupils regarding homework as good for them, despite the unpleasant taste. I found it quite tedious and unuseful. All the maths and English just had nothing to do with our schoolwork. It was just all like random stuff that someone had just made up for the homework sheets. Because it wasn't things to do with school, I didn't really have a driving thing pushing me to do it. Although occasionally, I think it's really fun. What is the funnest thing that you do in homework?、Um, when it's maths and stuff, I really like it. You're quite happy with the way homework goes for you. Yeah. You don't get bored with it. No. Would you rather be doing homework that meant you were outside, or perhaps you? I'd were... rather do this. Much current homework takes the form of weekly or fortnightly worksheets, a list of tasks covering a range of activities that a child must complete. Worksheets vary from school to school. Some are purely academic. Some a mixture of academic tasks and more physical or social ones. Right now we're doing like timelines and when things were made. Like today we were doing when like The Simpsons and stuff was made. Ten-year-old、so、Connor from Romati Beach School, north of Wellington, brings home a fortnightly worksheet. And it's actually amazing. Like The Simpsons was made right back. Like in the 1900s, so far back. Connor likes some things on the worksheet, but not all. I get a bit bored of it after a while, but、um, kind of when it's pouring with rain, it's sometimes good to get it done because there's nothing really to do, and it's just good to get your homework done. Love it or hate it, the academic benefits of homework have gone largely unquestioned for years. But in his research published last year, the high-profile educationalist Professor John Hattie from Auckland University's Faculty of Education found its benefit close to zero. It certainly, is not that homework is useless. But what I'm saying is, homework as we know it has not had a major effect in primary school, and it needs to change. And how do we know it? Well, we've certainly done many, many hundreds of studies with probably a few million kids looking at the effects of homework, and right across the different subject areas. And we know that in the primary school sector, the overall effect is extremely low to zero. Francis Nelson, the president of the Primary Teachers Union, the New Zealand Educational Institute, and a principal for more than twenty years, explains what homework, as it's been set for years, tries to achieve: teaching children discipline. 
and how to organise their time and to know that when you went home you had things to do. And it kind of, it was more aimed at getting good home study habits in place when they were young so that when they got to secondary school that two hours of homework that we all knew we were going to get to when we got to secondary school we already had the habit. Teachers have not only trusted that homework instills good study habits for the future but that it also helps children to do better in the present. So when Professor Hattie's research was published it was a keen wind blowing through the sector. He wanted to distill what really made a difference to children's educational achievement. And in ranking more than a hundred factors according to their importance, homework came near the bottom. Certainly the nature of most homework that's set is new material and if anything we know about kids learning is that they often need a teacher to help them when they're doing new material and doing it at home by themselves is certainly not the way that they go about learning. Professor Hattie says there were many reasons for the poor showing of homework. It's often not related to what the kids are doing at school. It's an extra outside what they've been learning at the school. If homework, for example, was more practice about what they've already been taught, then it has some positive effect. If the parents are aware, for example, of the purposes of it, it can be beneficial. But typically that doesn't happen. He also poo-poos the idea that homework engenders time, self-management and self-discipline skills necessary for secondary school study. There is absolutely no evidence that if kids do lots of homework in primary school, they're better prepared for secondary school. In secondary school, the homework usually is very specific. It's usually very much part of what they have been taught already, and it's usually a practice component. That is something that the primary schools could learn. But if we could actually teach the kids how to study when they're alone and what to do when they don't know what to do when they're alone, that could have a big effect in primary school. But we don't do that. John Hattie says if schools really must give homework, it should be short, practising what has already been taught and quickly assessed by the teacher. But he encourages schools to think of other, more innovative ways to involve parents in their children's learning. Back in 2005, Neil O'Reilly, now principal of Windsor School in Christchurch, was doing just that and questioning whether traditional academic homework was helping children as much as everyone assumed. Children were having work imposed on their home life that wasn't necessarily improving their outcomes and it also inferred that what happened in the home was of less importance to what the school was going to send home. So that was the first thing that challenged me about traditional homework. Also, the research in New Zealand is fairly clear that in the primary school context, there are two types of homework that definitely improve outcomes, and that's reading and basic facts. So my question back in 2005 is why are we then sending home all sorts of other, what can clearly be defined as work, not learning, but work. Neil O'Reilly believes traditional homework actually damages a child's desire to learn. What we're trying to do in primary schools is engender a love for learning and love of learning. And if what we are sending home, regardless of what it is, is causing stress, is not helping children with learning, is confusing them, is upsetting them, is causing problems in the home, that is the biggest problem. And we talk about lifelong learners with the New Zealand curriculum, and yet what has been sent home by many New Zealand primary schools is actually turning our children right off learning. Mr O'Reilly began to mull over how it could be done better, particularly in the face of so many boys putting in just enough effort to avoid discipline, but no more. On any basic test that we could give the boys, they were just as capable as the girls. 
But when you had a look at taking responsibility for leadership, end-of-the-year awards for diligence or effort, those sorts of things, our boys were totally underachieving. So I wondered why is it that they're just as intelligent but they're choosing not to take up leadership roles, not to take up extra responsibility across the school. And I was thinking, how do we do things differently so that this learning is really exciting, interesting and fun, but it's also supported by very clear research about what does and doesn't work in the home context. So Neil O'Reilly conceived of the idea of homework, or home learning as he prefers to call it, as some reading and basic maths facts, followed by an optional series of challenges. It's based over five categories. It's service, giving, PE in the outdoors, academic excellence and excellence in the arts. And across those five categories, there are a series of challenges that initially I designed along with the teachers. And then after the first year, the children gave us feedback and they started to own the challenges and change them, modify them. Generally, they made them harder. So every year, each challenge gets a bit harder. So in year three, for example, under giving, they might have to make a lunch meal. Now, how old are they here? Year three, so this is seven, eight-year-olds. By year eight, they're doing three three three-course meals with menu, mood-setting music, thinking about lighting, those sorts of things. It's a high-trust model because what we're after is children to want to do these activities, not to be made to, because that's what lifelong learning's about. It's because I want to learn, not because you're forcing me. So they have a booklet, it gets ticked by the child, it gets ticked by the parents, and usually they bring in some form of evidence. They're so excited about it, they do it anyway. Like They'll bring in a photograph of the family sitting around the table or a photograph of them finishing the Kiwi Kids Triathlon or being up in the mountains tramping. Or if they're doing the maths challenges, they'll have evidence of the activity they did. Hearing about the idea, Christchurch East School quickly took up Neil O'Reilly's Challenges program. The teacher in charge is Nick Jorgensen. They have to do things like visit an elderly person at least two times a term, so that's giving. Whereas with the academic excellence, they have to do things like be a reporter, report on an event in writing and present it in our school newsletter. Whereas the year eights have things like serving school and community, complete a project which restores or improves the community. And what they have to do, and this is especially for the older children, is that they have to provide evidence that they've done it. The challenges format is also seen by schools that have adopted it as a good fit with the key competencies contained in the new primary school curriculum. These are critical thinking, using language, symbols and texts, managing self, relating to others, participating and contributing. The Ministry of Education's Group Manager of Curriculum, Mary Chamberlain, explains that these are the qualities all employers look for. Get up, give it a go, work well with others, persevere, stick at something, use the clues about what to do when you don't know what to do, and do that in real-world context, real-world situations where they're actually problem-solving. Neil O'Reilly believes more than 100 schools have now adopted his Challenges program. At Romati Beach School, which Connor attends and which still issues worksheets, the principal, Mike Farrelly, says the board is reviewing its homework policy in light of the latest research. It will soon survey its parents to ask their opinion. As a school, you've got to constantly review what you're doing. I mean, we're always trying to improve our children's learning. And I think if you're starting to hook the kids in by recognising those activities that they're doing outside of school as being part of learning and they're seeing that as part of continued learning, then that's exciting for them because 
we do have children who struggle with reading and spelling, but they might be wonderful musicians. Any change can be exciting, but it can also be a bit daunting for some parents. I'll be interested to see what comes out of the survey. I won't dare make any predictions because I don't think you can. Among the schools that have taken the leap from worksheet to challenge is Seatoon in Wellington. Its principal, Pete Poynton, says the challenges were devised by 11 students and parents and his message is that learning can involve everyday activities. He uses the cooking a meal challenge as an example. When they go out and actually have to do the shopping, they work out how expensive it is, they have to buy it, they have to plan a day of cooking and writing a menu and preparing food very carefully, presenting that food, cleaning up afterwards. Well, you know, they've done writing, they've done reading, they've done maths in an authentic context. Across the city from Seatoon, learning in a real context has also become important to Karori Normal Primary School. The principal, Diane Leggett, was widely reported at the beginning of the school year as advocating that children read the back of cereal packets. She says while the reading of books remains paramount for children at her school, there is a lot they can learn by picking up a box of cereal. You are reading what the contents of wheat bits, for example, is and around nutrition that is exceptionally important. What makes one cereal different to another? You're reading about minerals, you're reading about the good things that are in cereals. So there is learning that can be done. Ms Leggett says up until four years ago, the school issued worksheets, what she now dismisses as busy sheets, tasks that connected little to what had occurred in the classroom that day and served simply to keep the students busy. Since 2006, however, the school has increasingly connected school and home learning. Ensuring that the homework that does go home is directly linked to what happens in the classroom and then giving the parents the freedom to decide what other things they would like to do with their children, like cooking, but not having it set in a structure that is a, you know, the parents tick it off once it's completed, that it is the parents' choice what they then do. It should give families more time to spend together. I just think time for families to spend together makes the whole child. While the involvement of parents continues to be considered paramount to home learning, it's not always a happy experience. Getting them to do something else at home that he's already had enough of creates stress. Um, that is just not worth it. For the, probably actually for the amount of learning he gets out of it, that is just not worth it. We just wanted to get it out of the way really. And it was a bit of a chore. You know, they didn't want to come home and go, right, let's get on to our homework really quickly because we want to do it. It was right, I want to get on and get this homework done because I want to go out and play or do the things I want. Even when parents are enthusiastic about homework, an Auckland educational psychologist, Peter Coleman, says they can sabotage the homework session by playing the teacher instead of just supporting their children. What is to be avoided very stringently with parents, and I know it's probably quite hard for most parents to do, is to not kind of go in surveillance and monitoring mode. You shall do your homework. I'm going to watch you until you've done it. It's totally counterproductive, particularly in the longer term demotivating for children, doesn't do anything for the uh, relationship between parents and children and doesn't actually result in much learning because what happens is I think parents mostly end up doing the homework for the children. 
Professor John Hattie says nowhere is parents finishing their children's homework more perfectly illustrated than the dreaded science project. My kids went to school in the US and it's compulsory there to do a science project every year. And it was only after the second year I realised that there's a website for parents to help them do science projects. For most kids, it's too difficult, it's too hard, it's too conceptual, and it really does come down to how well their parents are in helping them. That's hopeless. Nine-year-old Jazz had to make sweets for science, but a disaster with the cooking and running out of ingredients meant Mum stepped in. It's a story most parents can identify with. We've made one batch of hokey pokey, that turned out fine, and then the two last batches, they turned out really bad. So when things went wrong, did you write that in your journal? Yeah. You did learn about what happens when things go wrong? Yeah. And so Mum had to get up the next morning and make fudge? Yeah, she started making it in the, at night, and then she made the rest in the morning. So if your hokey pokey worked out, why did she have to make fudge? Because I only had about... Six pieces of hokey pokey. Frances Nelson from the New Zealand Educational Institute says she understands the pressure on parents, but much can be learned from such a disaster. One of those learnings shouldn't be that mum has to get up an hour earlier and make it the following day. If you take your disaster to school and say, well, look what happened, and you can explain your way through, yes, everybody wants to eat the results, but the reality is that there's a lot of learning that comes out of that if you're brave enough to go along and, you know, laugh your way through the explanation of what you did and why, because you've done your homework. Hard on the heels of John Hattie's research last year came another study that measured what helps children learn, this time from the Ministry of Education. The Best Evidence Synthesis report shows under certain conditions parental involvement in home learning can be positive, but that when parents regularly step in to help their children, it diminishes by about a fifth the progress their child would make without the so-called assistance. The Ministry's Mary Chamberlain. It's the first time we've gathered such comprehensive evidence about the positive and negative effects of homework. We were surprised that homework could have a negative effect. I mean, in some ways it's not surprising when you think about it. If someone's going to be sitting in a punitive sort of a situation, they're going to be turned off that situation. But to see how much of a negative effect that can have, that was surprising. Parents also battle with how to help their children when so much has changed since they were at school. Stuart, a single dad, says he sometimes struggles to help his son with his learning. It's hard to decipher what we're actually meant to be doing. Learning's completely different. You know, the way that the questions are posed nowadays, I would have to go to another parent quite often and say, what do you think the teacher means by this? So if I'm struggling with it and I'm, I'm quite well read, I think your average Joe on the street's going to go, nah, and take it back to your teacher. At the Ministry of Education, Mary Chamberlain says the best evidence synthesis research is clear about the value of schools communicating with parents about how they can help their children. We know that most parents want to help their children. They really want to. Unless they get support to do it, a lot of them will fall back on the experience that they had when they were at school or what they think learning and teaching is about and they'll try to be a teacher in quite a directive and often punitive way in a pushy way because they think that's what you do to teach somebody so they need to know what support actually means and uh, schools need to work with their parent community to make sure if they are offering homework parents know how to support it.
Traditional homework is often criticised for exacerbating educational inequalities between students, rewarding those with educated, enthusiastic, well-resourced parents and penalising those without. Professor John Hattie says it's another way homework can be damaging. But let's get real here. Some parents struggle to know how to help their kids. That's why they send them to school. Like, I've not met a parent yet that doesn't want their kids to do well at school. But some of them do have difficulties understanding how they can do it. They have busy lives. They have other things going on. They have other kids. Why should those kids be penalised because their parents don't have those skills? Let's make it work in the classroom. Still, traditional homework persists, often because many parents want it, valuing homework as part of a good education. Louise is one such parent. I think that it's a good thing. I do. I think they need to have some kind of task work outside of school. Do you think it gives them self-discipline yeah, and time I think management? I think it's teaching them really a bit about the real world. There's going to be things that you don't really want to do, but that you have to sit down and, and finish. And I think that goes right through life. So to start now, it's just getting them in a habit of, of doing that. So I have no problem with homework. Michael, a father from Wellington, agrees. He says traditional homework gives him and his partner a very clear indication of their son's academic achievement. My role is really to look at the homework and to help him decide how he's going to plan it out so that I know what they're doing and that we know how he's getting on. If we didn't have him doing homework, we would not have noticed that his writing style had changed from holding the pen like a a paintbrush to holding it like a claw in his left hand. Unless you're over it and on top of it, unless you see what's going on, you can look at a book and you won't get any idea of the process that he's gone through. Uh, and so I find that homework is very important for us to be able to get that overview of what's actually happening as well as look at the specific techniques that he's using. Mike Burton is the principal of St Joseph's in Nelson. While his school has moved away from the strictly academic model, Mr Burton says it will not adopt the challenges model of Windsor School in Christchurch. We did, as a board of trustees, survey the sample, the parent community around homework issues, and out of 35 that responded to that question, 34 were in favour of homework and one wasn't. So if you're going to have these consultation processes, I suppose you've got to listen to the people you're consulting. And it's a fairly strong mandate that most parents want homework in some form. And Mr Burton says the challenges program taken up by other schools is really just family life. Our homework policy states that homework should be in some way connected with what's going on in the classroom at the time. I think some of the social homework that is given is not really homework at all. Some of the things like children helping with dishes or cooking or making the bed, uh, those types of things to me sit firmly with uh, just home living. But Karen, a mother of an 11-year-old at Seatoon School in Wellington, says while challenges such as visiting a grandparent may seem just an ordinary part of family life, the seeming everydayness of it belies a terrific learning opportunity. It's not just about going and visiting a grandparent. It's about increasing their communication skills. It's about learning maybe about someone else's culture. It's about learning about how things were in another time. It's a huge big learning experience. And then it's about documenting it. The NZEI's Francis Nelson agrees, saying some parents turn a trip to the supermarket into something beyond just getting the groceries.
Some of them are getting the children to go and find things on the shelves and check if it's the right one. And I've heard parents talking to their children about the labelling stuff on the back and about what's good for them and what's not good for them and why and how much of this should we have. We'll have one of those and three of those because they're balancing it out. Amazingly interesting learning experiences for kids who start to control what goes into the trolley. And if you compare that with the parents who fight and argue with their kids all the way around about whether they're going to buy them something. Windsor School's Neil O'Reilly says one of his senior students who, as a challenge, taught himself lead guitar, learned invaluable skills. If we're looking at what learning is about, it's not just about the three R's. You know, to do well in maths, you have to have perseverance. You have to be happy to make mistakes and learn from them. So the qualities or the skills and the attitudes that Alex learnt when he learnt the lead guitar, anyone who's learnt guitar will tell you that it's heaps of practice, perseverance, getting it wrong, trying and trying again, so that the skills and attributes of a quality learner were right in there for learning the guitar. And those get transferred into all your other learning areas. The Post-Primary Teachers Association agrees that such qualities are just what are needed to meet the rigours of secondary school. A quick trawl through online comments about the new type of homework indicates no shortage of critics who write about molly-coddled children accepting yet another soft option from lazy teachers. Pete Poynton from Seatoon School could not disagree more. What we've got is kids who are doing an enormous amount with this. They're doing more now than what they were doing before. It's more relevant to them and it's not just for the sake of doing something. They're much more engaged in what they're doing. They're learning a whole lot of stuff. So it's not a soft option at all. But I think it does recognise that what children are doing after three o'clock still counts for, for learning. It's just the context that's different. Mr Poynton says his school did lose some families when they adopted the Challenges format, but the parents who stayed have nothing but praise. I think it's created opportunities for kids to be more engaged with their parents. And parents are not sitting down saying, oh, I don't know how to do this, or I'm not sure what the teacher's trying to do here. So you get kids being confused because their parents are not sure of it, or the parents racing around doing it for them because they've got a deadline to meet. Whereas in this situation, the kids are planning it more, being engaged with their families and doing And the feedback I've had from parents is very, very positive. Over the past century, educationalists' enthusiasm for homework has waxed and waned. Those who've embraced the new challenges format say it's based on solid research and it's not just a fad that will lose favour in a decade or so. They hope more primary schools will take it up. The change is an obvious hit with many children. I planned a 10.3k walk up a mountain. I had to organise food, water, when we go, the weather. I've also cooked a three-course meal for my family. It was actually a lot harder than I thought it would be. (laughs) I started at about 9am and finished doing all the dishes and everything at about 9pm. The latest one I've done is make a model aeroplane with my dad and it was really hard because all the small bits you had to go on and paint. In contrast, Sam is still doing traditional homework, but the 10-year-old hopes the new challenges format might come his way because he struggles with what he brings home now. Boring when you come home to school, and I usually try to avoid it by playing at somebody's house. It just really sucks. It's always really hard. You know there's, there's a different kind of homework that some schools do where children do things like play a sport 
or they cook a meal or they go and visit an older person and then they write about that. It doesn't really sound like homework. Sounds way better than homework. Ten-year-old Sam ending that Radio New Zealand Insight, which was written and presented by Penny Mackay. Technical production was by Dominic Godfrey and it was produced by Sue Ingram.